Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. This is Stephanie and I'm here with one of our Star X students today, um, the lovely and very talented Suvi Durkin. Hi Suvi. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to see you again. So you're here to tell us about this super exciting new event series that you're involved in, which is called Generation Women. So what is Generation Women? So uh, Generation Women is a female-led storytelling evening. It was the brainchild of Australian author Georgia Clark, who's now New York-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, the premise is basically getting women f- of note in the arts and entertainment industry from their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s plus to get together and uh, share a personal story to a live audience on a theme. And uh, after a sellout show in December and being featured in the New York Times, uh, Georgia, I and um, my other colleague Liv Gorman have decided to set up a Sydney production office and our first show is coming up in about a week now on March 7th. That's amazing. So I really love that concept of bringing together women of different ages. I think that's a really interesting kind of way of approaching that. Um, So when is the show and where is the show? So the show is at the Giant Dwarf Theatre, which is a small theatre in Redfern um, run by the ABC's uh, Chasers, which is probably a good political environment to start a bit of a feminist Mm. revolution. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, yeah. Um, we kick off at uh, 7.30pm and it's on uh, March 7th. March 7th. Yeah. Okay. And so where can you buy tickets for that? Um, at the Giant Dwarf website, which yeah. is literally just Googleable Giant Dwarf. Giant Dwarf, yeah. yeah. Um, you can find us on social media at Gen Women Sydney as well. Um, so who's involved in this first show in Sydney? We've got a really good lineup. Um, so the theme is uh, Time's Up, which is in accordance to the Time's Up movement. Very timely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've got uh, actress Chika Igawa, who's an Australian African actress from from NIDA. We have uh, poet and author Fiona Wright. We have the literary manager of the Sydney Theatre Company, Polly Rowe. We have Filipino um, entertainer Lillian Delos Reyes. And we also have a social commentator and journalist Jane Caro. So that's nice. You've got a really, really nice um, diversity of voices there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that we really wanted to continue on, which is very prominent in New York, is that it's a conversation across ability, across race, across class, mm. um, across education, across background and across age yeah. as well. Yeah. I really like that across age because I think, you know, you hear a lot of like young voices, you hear a lot of older women's voices, but I don't necessarily think you get that in between perspective. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's super interesting. Who was involved in the New York events? Do you know? A lot. A lot. <laughs> it's yeah. been running for about a year. Right. Okay. I mean, um, in our in our December show, we had a humanist of the year, Eva Cox. Oh wow! Yeah. Speak. Um, we had uh, Melina Marchetta for looking from Ella oh, Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. Um, and the wonderful, wonderful uh, Nakia Louie, who's currently got her show on again, uh, Black is the New White at the yeah, Sydney Theatre Company, yeah. and uh, did um, a very very funny web series that was shown on the ABC, Kiki and Katie. Yeah, that's so, so some big names there. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So for our listeners out there who might be thinking of coming, why should they come to Generation Women? Look, it's um, it's not a panel event. It's mm-hmm. not a didactic. 
event, it's open, it's accessible, and it's entertaining. And I think, I mean, the one thing that really sets us apart is that it's a storytelling evening. Mm. And I think that um, by telling stories, you start changing the actual culture mm. and what's valued. So it is it is a feminist event, but it's accessible to all. Um, so it's witty, it's wonderful. Uh, come and enjoy a beverage. Yep. Bring it into the theatre. <laughs> And um, and have a laugh. I mean, the last event, I mean, all of the audience were like, this is so warm and inviting yeah. and special. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And especially having all, all women's voices there because usually, you know, you'll get a token woman, but you might not necessarily get an all-women panel, will you? Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was talking to um, Polly just yesterday from, from the Sydney Theatre Company and um, we had a conversation about how, as women, we often feel voiceless. Mm. And to be able to to stand up there, and, and it's not, again, it's not a didactic, um, we're going to speak on a theme, we're going to tell a story, a personal mm. story on a theme, and that's something that doesn't actually happen mm. that often, I feel. Yeah, or there's the perception that women's stories are only of interest to, you know, other women who've had the same sorts of experiences and are not mm. of interest to, you know, a broad audience. Mm. I think mm. there's that siloing of women's voices that happens. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, like, women's novels and women's books, they're presumed to be only of interest to, like, a very small segment of the population. Mm. So mm. it's nice to have a kind of more broad spectrum of, of stories and experiences. It's, it sort of reminds me of The Moth, but more kind of women and feminism specific is it similar in format to that um yeah yeah Mm. but also just very very relaxed yeah um it's it's you know a get together it's having a drink it's having a laugh um and it's just um a really a a shared experience um an act of you know it's a galvanizing experience one of solidarity and I think that I'm tired of talking about um, what needs to change. And I think that these sort of events are more of a mobilising mm. action um, where change actually happens. Yeah, and that's really, really interesting at the current moment in time, considering the Time's Up theme and um, what's going on in the media around sexual harassment and so yes. forth. So it's very, very, very well-timed, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think in the post, you know, Weinstein, yeah. you know, Trump era of pussy grabbing, I yeah. think it's about time that the pussy grabbed back, That's to be right. honest. I was hoping you would say that because I was about to say it, but then I said, no, I'll let you say it. It's exact, that's exactly right. Will we be wearing the pussy hats at the event? You're mm. more than welcome to <laughs> I had a I had a I had a um a conversation um with a, with a ticket buyer who rang yesterday and was like can men can men come to this event? <laughs> I said men are more than welcome to come to this event. There will be a lot of pussy in that audience. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even more important that men come yeah, to these events. I think you know to hear women's stories and hear how what it's like to move through the world as a woman. Yeah, know? yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, there was a really we were at a play reading recently for the Catherine McGregor story, which is going to be on um, later in the year at the Opera House. And uh, there was this point where where Catherine talks about the first moment that she actually really felt like a woman, and uh, she was at her local pub, 
and had been there, you know, many, many times as a man when she was still in the army. And this was the first time she was visiting as a trans woman and um, walked home and felt afraid. Mm. Isn't that interesting? And it was just this moment where that really, really sat with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as women, we're used to feeling that. Yeah. Yeah, It's just something that's there, like this constant kind of low-level anxiety, especially walking at night. Yeah. And um, all all of the the male audience members at this play reading, um, that really sat with them Mm. as well. So I I think personal stories like that can actually be more accessible Mm. and change people's um, perspective on something. Yeah, well, I remember there was a scene, I, I hesitate to bring up Master of None because of Aziz Ansari's strange kind of um, place in stories about him have had a strange place in the sort of Me Too movement. Um, but there's a great scene in one of the Master of None episodes and it's it's similar to what you describe. It's um, a woman and a man walking home um, from a night out at a bar or something and the man is walking home and... Um, like don't worry be happy is is the background music (laughs) and he's just walking home and not thinking about anything and the woman walks home and she's like terrified of this man who seems to be following her and she's you know anxious and clutching her keys and clutching her bag and Mm. you know walking really fast and getting out her her phone and putting 911 in her phone just in case Mm. it's it's such a beautiful like little (laughs) contrasting how women walk through the world and how men walk through the world yeah yeah i mean i think um there's that quote um, that I think in this day and age um, we're not afraid to raise our daughters like boys mm. but are we brave enough to raise our sons like our daughters mm. um, and I, I think that that's what Generation Women really is all about is is just having a conversation and bridging um, in an in a intergenerational way mm. as well yeah, that's really nice. So what are you, the, the plans for this event going forward? Is it a, you know, regular thing? Can people go um, how often? Uh, so at the moment we're bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next show will be in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're hoping to go monthly yep. in Australia. Um, we have some really wonderful names um, lined up for later in the year. Uh, Rachel Griffiths, um, Michelle Law, who is an up-and-coming Australian playwright who's currently got um, single Asian female on at the Bel- Belfar Theatre. Mm. Um, Rosie Batty. Um, Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a good year, I think, and I think it's really time. I think Australia is yet to have its, you know, watershed mm. Weinstein moment. Mm. I think um, a couple of stories are coming out in the press, but... Um, defamation laws and issues around that make that really difficult and but more but more than that like you know generation women is is obviously and it even times up it's it's bigger than about sexual harassment Mm. in the entertainment industry I think it's you know as as women it's about this sort of recognition that we can't go back to being silent Mm. and that we need to use our voices and, and that's a positive thing as mm. well, and a joyous thing. I don't think any of the issues that um, are being talked about in the media, you know, of all of those hundreds of women on January 1st who, who started the Time's Up movement, um, is anything new. I think that mm. we've inherited these issues. And, you know, Hannah Gadsby was recently talking um, 
had an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald where she said something very, very similar about you only have to look at the stories that have been told, you know, from mm. even in paintings, in yeah, art, from yeah. like, you know, neoclassicism. Um, the amount of passivity and women lying and sleeping with like men watching mm. and just how yeah dangerous that story is and how ingrained that is in our culture um, and I think that again like the only way to really change that is is by telling stories because stories are accessible they're entertaining but mm. they also frame what we value yeah, um, that just reminded me that I don't know if you remember the website The Toast, which is sadly closed mm, down now. Mm. Um, Mallory Oppo did a great series about, um, I think she called it Women Listening to Men in Classical Art. And it was mm. just, a port, you know, she just collected portraits of, of women just sort of sitting there kind of looking unhappy <laughs> while, <laughs> while, men, while men kind of talked at them or played music for them and they just looked so kind of depressed or put upon and the point that she's obviously making is that women have had to endure and be silent and be good girls and not you know say Mm. oh this is annoying me go away you know Mm. (laughs) your your attentions are unwanted or it's actually not cool to watch me sleep um that kind of thing um and it it does it comedically obviously but so beautifully it's so clever yeah yeah no I i think that silencing is um is something that's not really recognized Mm. about how ingrained Mm. that is Um, I've got a very dear friend um, who's got three beautiful beautiful children but like all children have tantrums now and then (laughs) and um, we were coming back from the park and the little boy Liam um, was having a tantrum and was we literally just you know was told to to run around the park and run it off But in doing that, you know, his anger and his voice was validated and his anger was validated and acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And about a week later, um, it was the little girl's turn and um, she was told... And my and my friend is a fierce feminist. I mm. uh, was told to go to her room and calm down. Mm. And I think that those things aren't thought about... Because mm. they're so ingrained. Yeah, and yeah, you know, women are supposed to not get angry. Yeah, yeah. So I think that you know, generation women, we're giving complete freedom. Yeah. Um, to to these wonderful, wonderful ladies to get up on stage, and say whatever they want to. <laughs> there, I mean, like at the last event, there was laughter. There were tears. There was shouting, there was whispering. It was just a, a floodplain of energy. And um, I think actually, you know, it was the men in the audience who were probably most engaged mm. really by all of that. And um, it was, I mean, it was a political evening, um, obviously because Eva Cox was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. She was very, very fierce. Yeah, but, good, great. But, <laughs> but also one that was just so um, beautiful and entertaining and soothing in a way, mm. actually. Mm. Well, it can be soothing to express all of that, to get it out, to, you know, talk yeah. about your experiences. It feels like a, I think it would feel like a, a, a burden had been lifted or a relief in some way. Yeah, but I, mm. I also think more more than that in the sense that it was 
you know, women supporting women mm. and women supporting women's voices and hearing their stories and sharing their stories in such a welcoming and mm. joyous space. Yeah. Well, you've got me all fired up next week. <laughs> I'm going to, like, wear some kind of feminist T-shirt and find a pink hat that I can wear and it'll be amazing. So, Suvi, before we go, I want to know about you and what you've been up to. So, Suvi was was a student here at Macquarie. She did a um, Bachelor of Arts majoring in English Mm -hmm. and creative writing or just English? Creative writing as well. Creative writing as well. So, you really, really, really loved us, which is great. Um, (laughs) What have you been up to since... um, you graduated apart from bringing fabulous feminist events to Australia? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just finished my Masters of Fine Arts at the National Institute of Dramatic Art. Congratulations. In Sydney, yes, it was was a slog. Yeah. Uh, 80 80 hour weeks. Uh, 80 hour weeks. Yeah, yeah. Nida likes to work us hard. Um. Hang on, is there 80 hours in the week? Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> like doing I, my maths. That's what I thought we, yeah, were, yeah. we were there on weekends. Um, God, yeah. Yeah, um, I've got a radio play uh, coming out this year. Fantastic. Um, yeah. What's that about and where can we That hear it? will be on the ABC and uh, hopefully the BBC as well. What's it called? It's called Birdsong um, and it's being designed, uh, sound designed by the lovely uh, Kingsley Reeve. Um, who did um, recently the Trees Speak um, down at the Arts Festival in Perth, which mm. was a really big gathering um, of Indigenous stories, actually. And they uh, put um, microphones and speakers in the big park down there with all these you know, lovely gum trees. Yeah. And uh, the trees literally told their stories oh, that nice. night with yeah. like, big light lighting design, which was beautiful. Um, got a, working on a novel wow. as well uh, yeah. for, for Dali Anderson in the UK. Um, so things in the pipeline. I don't, you... know, I don't know if the 80 hours are going to slow down. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like it. Can you tell us anything about the novel or is it too early? It's too early. Okay. I think there's been more restartings and swears <laughs> That's too many, normal. Too many, too many. I was turned away from my local coffee shop. Because um, you were typing too angrily or something? No, no, <laughs> um, because uh, George said uh, to me, he said, you, you've come for too many coffees. <laughs> they were concerned about your health. He was concerned about my health and I, the finished the finish anger in me <laughs> came out. I said, you're just honestly turning away a, a paying customer, George. And well, at it, least you purchased coffees. I mean, it'd be yeah. worse if you sat there and you just ordered one coffee I, I know. for and five then, hours. I know, yeah. Wi-Fi. No. So yeah. I don't think they've got a very good business model. <laughs> yeah. No, you're the perfect customer because if you have a steady stream of coffees, I mean, maybe you could buy a cake occasionally. Oh, there was there was there cake, was cake? Yeah, Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, no. This, this ration is coffee and cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you have an extremely glamorous post-university career. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been blood, sweat and tears. Um, no, but I'm very, I'm very lucky and very fortunate to have kind of got my foot in the door. And how, how did you, t- turning quickly to, like, advice for other English students coming out of uni, how did you get that foot in the door? Like, was it through studying at NIDA or was it um, networking? What what advice would you give? Well, I think um, being at Macquarie, that was my foot in the door to NIDA. Yeah. Um, Yay, that, what a great <laughs> investment that was. We did not pay Suvi. Okay. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, I think... I think um, 
you have to work really fucking hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no easy way around it and you have to have a thick skin um, I mean I've probably had more rejections for things than being told yes mm. um, but I, I think that you know in this day and age um, university degrees are more and more becoming commodified mm. so I think as a student you have to know what you want and and really ask for that and put that work in and um i mean even even um being at a creative writing class and having students who haven't done the readings they used to irritate the <laughs> shit out of me if you're going to want to if you're going to want to write read yeah <laughs> that that's welcome my to first. my life that's <laughs> my first bit of advice um Yes, if you want to write, right, read. read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are going to tell you no and you can't do it. And if if you work and you put that effort in, it's not luck. Yeah. It's really not luck. Mm. Um, but in saying that, you have to be a little bit insane. <laughs> well, it's funny. We've, we've recently, you know, done a series of kind of interviews of other students um, who are now working as writers, um, as freelance writers or mm. in the publishing industry, and they've all said that about rejection, that it's all about just getting used to rejection and, yeah. and learning to take the blows and not giving up because you have got rejected. I mean, everyone gets rejected mm. all of the time. And if you, if you packed up tools and mm. went away... You never get anything done. <laughs> you know, you just have to kind of brush yourself off and yeah, give it another go. Yeah, I mean, even even um, for my interview at NIDA, because it's so competitive um, in my course, they only accepted uh, eight students. Eight? Eight, yeah. And how um, many applied? Um, about over a thousand, I think. God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, I was I was told um, basically by the head of the department, Stephen, um, that I wasn't going to be accepted during the interview. And I, I rang later during the day and said, I'm not taking that. <laughs> I know this course is for me and I know I want to do it. Um, Fantastic. And then you got in. I got in, yeah. And you were one of the eight. I was one of the eight. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean... Not taking no for an answer is a little different to um, kind of listening and learning from being told no Mm. as well. Yeah, so knowing when to to keep pushing, I suppose. You're going to have to keep pushing and pushing and be really irritating. (laughs) There's no no other way about it. (laughs) So don't be be afraid to be irritating. I like that as a message. Yeah. yeah, especially especially as a woman. Mm. Don't be afraid to be loud. Don't mm. be afraid to be bold. Mm. Um, you know, may we, may we raise and know and be loud women. I cannot think of a more beautiful way of ending this, this conversation than that, so I'm just going to quietly end our conversation because <laughs> that was so lovely. Um, we're very proud of you, Suvi. And I hope that everybody goes to Generation Women because it sounds like an amazing event. So thank you, Suvi, for coming in to talk to us today. No, thank you, Stephanie. It was a pleasure. <laughs> so this has been another episode of From the Lighthouse. If you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be very, very helpful. Um, and please send any feedback or recommendations for future shows um, our way at fromthelighthouse.org. Thank you. See you in a week. Bye.